1: Still no decision on Tez Walker for North Carolina. And here's here's my official take on the Tez Walker drama. Time is making us all go crazy. Time is making us all come up with uh nuanced and detailed and overly complicated opinions on the subject. Right? Because we've we've we're now going into the weeks and weeks and if not months of Tez Walker not only being ineligible for North Carolina, but being ineligible. And we're aware of an appeal that the NCAA has has received from UNC that hasn't been decided on. It's not that they've ruled him ineligible uh, permanently or that they've ruled the appeal as accepted. It's that it's a decision hasn't been made mm-hmm. because we're going on the length of time. It feels like there's just, we feel the need to add more and more and more and more. I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. The player should be allowed to play. Yeah. The player should be allowed to play. Now, if you need proof of this, proof of that. No, you don't. Listen, listen. JT Daniels played this weekend. It's on his fourth college football team. Bradley Rosner played this weekend for NC State. It's his eighth year of college football. He's been at Ajuco, He's been at Rice. Now he's at NC State. Let the kids play. And if you're going to change the rules about transferring, here's what you need to do. Change the rules for incoming freshmen. Right? Change the rules for actually the class of 2026. So everybody is aware when they make all of their decisions what the transfer rules are going to be. And that's the only fair way to do it. I don't care if you change the rules before or after he got in the portal. The fact of the matter is maybe he wouldn't have gone to Kent State if he knew what the rules were gonna be, if he knew he only had one transfer. We're making it more complicated than it needs to be. The player should be allowed to play. And and with every week it gets dragged on again, there's more nuanced, oh, his mm, the player should be allowed to play. If you want more details, I can give you more details, but I don't think it's necessary. Should I say it one more time? Yeah, do it. The player should be allowed to play. There it is. And that's for almost every, almost every transfer waiver turned in. The player should be- Auto reply. Yes, you can play. Have an email that says like NCAA waiver applications at gmail.com. Make one up, right? And then they send it, and you get, like, you know, the automatic out of office reply. Say, sorry, we're out of office. However, your waiver has been applied. Congratulations. See you on the field on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That should be the auto response. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. It looks like Tez might not be eligible this year, which is a bummer. Starting five, let's get to number four.
0: We are the four horsemen. Woo!
1: Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, that was in practice, by the way, the week of week one. Brutal timing. Uh, he's questionable for their season opener, which, by the way, is tomorrow night. This is one where it's, its it, I mean, the, we talk about it. Timing is everything. Timing, timing, timing. Timing is everything. If this happens three weeks ago, if this happens four weeks ago, if this happens at the beginning of camp, you you do exactly what the Bengals did with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow told the world today that he's ready to go. He expects to play week one. The second day of practice for the Bengals, he tweaked his calf, and the Bengals were like, take a month off. Chill. Yeah. Right? Just be at practice if you want to. <laughs> yeah. But we'll have you ready for week one. If Travis Kelsey hyperextends his knee a month in the second day of practice, they're not even worried about it. They go, take a month off. You don't need to play in the preseason. You're Travis Kelsey. However, when it happens on a Tuesday – and you play on a Thursday, it's like, man, that timing is unfortunate. Uh, I don't play him. If I'm Andy Reid, if I'm Brett Veach, the GM, I don't play him. You're already likely going to be playing without Chris Jones, your best defensive player. You don't need to be playing without your second best offensive player for an extended period of time. If, if given him an extra week, and also we think about the, the schedule kind of structure more once the season gets started, but if you don't play him on Thursday, you have a long week, right? That that week after a Thursday night football game, it's not the six-day treadmill cranking towards the next week. You have those extra days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are extra rest days. So I'm not playing Travis Kelsey if I'm the Chiefs. If I am anyone watching the game tomorrow, I want Travis Kelsey to play. Well, of course. Play. Uh, I don't even know who becomes. The number one option, if Travis Kelsey's not there for the Chiefs, is it Marquez Valdez Scanling? Is it Sky Moore? Is it Rasheed Rice, one of their their rookie picks? Is it Noah Gray, who would step into the Kelsey role at tight end? Is is it Isaiah Pacheco, the the seventh or seventh round second year player out of Rutgers uh, at running back? I don't know. Maybe that's part of the interest, right? Maybe we'll get full Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes creativity where they're playing ring around the rosy pre-snap and and, and chucking the ball around. Uh, but for entertainment purposes, I, I want Travis Kelsey to play. For health of the rest of the season, I don't want him anywhere near the field. Borderline put him in a box so he's not tempted to dance his way to a bigger injury after a touchdown. Uh, along these lines, I want to also mention Cooper Cup ruled out for week one. So for... For fantasy purposes, last week's number one players in points per game at both wide receiver and tight end, I believe. Cooper obviously didn't play the entire season. He was hurt quite a bit. Uh, But in points per game, I believe those are number one in each of their positions. They both could be out week one. Massive blow for fantasy. Uh, Somewhere? And I know, like, this isn't me. So this isn't me telling a story about my fantasy team. I know no one cares about your fantasy team. But somewhere there is somebody that really wants to, to vent about drafting in the first three rounds, like Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's they're just gut punch after gut punch. Bad things happen in threes, though. You've made it all the way through, if that is your team. Congratulations. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuta, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation.
0: Put yourself in control of retirement.
1: Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group let's get to speaking of threes number three One, two, three. AP top 25 in college football came out over the uh the last 24 hours Florida State all the way up to number four Notre Dame who do we when I'm updating the ACC standings do I update Notre Dame Because they do play a lot of – like, they're playing NC State this weekend as an agreement with the ACC. I guess you got to throw that caveat in
0: there because they – I mean, half their schedule is against the ACC.
1: So, it's a potential big win for ACC teams. Yeah. Uh, So, they're up to number 10. UNC up to number 17. Duke not only into the top 25, but up to number 21. Clemson down to number 25, but still hanging on. What's your – What's your reaction to that one, Dennis? Duke, I'm, I'm going to focus in on Duke here because they're the, the, the new entry. I mean, Notre Dame is up a couple of slots. UNC is up a couple of slots. Both of them had impressive wins. Florida State up a couple of slots, impressive win. That kind of makes sense. You have a big win. You bump up three or four slots. That's ex- explainable. Sure. Duke goes from also receiving votes to number 21. Is that the right move? Is that, is that, enough? Yeah. Is that enough appreciation of their win over Clemson? I would say yes. Clemson was, when Duke beat them, a
0: top ten team. That they were, and I think, I think one of the reasons why they're not ranked even higher is because some people saw the perception: oh, it's Duke; they can't be good at football <laughs> uh, because of you know just the brand name uh, for when it comes to football. I think in being right there in the upper twenties or the lower twenties, I should say, that's perfectly fine for them because now the big question for Duke going forward is. All right, we know you had the pretty good season last year. Your schedule wasn't the toughest in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You faced this tough competition to start week one, and you answered it. All right, did you have a good moment, or are you actually legit good? Do you actually truly deserve to be in here week to week? They keep stringing wings. I mean, they're going to beat Lafayette this weekend. That's not going to be an issue. But as the season progresses and you have some of these tough, tougher games... All right. Let's see if you are a consistent top twenty, top twenty-five team,
1: which I, I think they can be. I like that. I'm I'm, I'm going to steal that from you. So this is this is me telling you. Uh, one of the things Dennis Dennis says in the the uh, I don't know conversations we have is, did they have a good moment or yeah. are they a good team? And and right, like, like a bad team can have a good moment is something that is important to remember. And a good team can have a bad moment too. True. It's and it's and it's. If you isolate a moment, that doesn't say, say anything about a team. You know, I don't, I don't know why this is the the example that pops into my head. But uh, when Texas A&M, led by, I think it was Zach Calzada, beat beat Alabama. And it was such a big win for them. And then you look at the rest of the schedule and it's like, was Texas A&M actually that good that year? And I think Zach Calzada has transferred twice since then. It's like, that was a great moment. I'm not sure it was a great game or, a, or sorry, a great team or a great quarterback. Duke this year, it's a great moment. I mean, that's a great moment. Gets you up to 21. So actually then I guess the question would be, is that too high? Is that a situation where you put them in at like 24 or maybe you just increase their votes and also increase, also receiving votes. And then if they do it again, you jump them to like 14th, right? It's Is it, is it, should they have, should there be a lag in, in belief in Duke? And by the way, Colorado also jumped, jumped into the top 25 and they are one step below Duke and Deion Sanders won't let you not believe in them. So maybe should Mike Elko only talk to reporters that believe in Duke? I don't see him doing it. They seem very different, but I'm just saying they're in very similar situations that they are. (laughs) I don't know why that, that, that is, that is too fun, (laughs) too funny to me. Uh, Let's go ahead and and, and uh, quit – or not quit that. Let's go I'm, – I'm all confused on a Wednesday. Uh, the top 25, there's our reactions. Let's get to number two. The State fans, 40% of the Carolina Panthers starting offensive line when it comes to week one will be former NC State offensive line. Ikki Aquanu starting at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Chandler Zavala named a starter at right guard. Right. Chandler's, evolved, like, I, I use draft day as an example a lot of times as something that feels like a celebration but is actually the beginning of the work. Yeah. Right? It's like draft day is all this pomp and circumstance. You go celebrate. Your family's there. There's hugs. There's uh, the, the the handshake hugs with your agent. You you know how much money you're going to get. Woo! And it's like, well, actually, it's kind of the beginning of the work because now you, you go from being the top dog in uh, college to being, you know, the youngest person in the NFL, and you have to go reestablish yourself in everything that you do. I feel like being named a starter in the NFL is kind of that too. Because like, if you're Sam Howell, if you're Chandler Zavala, if you're these, these guys, you dreamed of being a starter in the NFL for years and years and years and years, right? Like, uh, I don't know who the Panthers will announce as starters, probably offense. I would assume, uh, in their first home game, right? It, 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 who's going to run out of the tunnel. If they announce the offense, Chandler Zavala is going to hear his name and he's going to run out of the tunnel and there's going to be smoke and there's going to be pyrotechnics and the crowd's going to go wild. And that's going to be something that he imagined from when he was a small child. And then he's going to have to go out there and protect Bryce Young. Yeah. It's like that moment is, is what, it's talking of moments slash sustainability or longevity, that moment is going to be really, really cool, and it's going to feel like a finish line, but it's really the starting line. When the team put out the depth chart that had Chandler Zavala, fourth-round rookie, as the opening day starter at right guard, that's got to be a moment where you, you're – your, your brain goes like, oh, my gosh, I am going to start in an NFL game, my first game as a rookie. Whoa. And then your very next thought has to be, well, if Bryce Young gets hit a whole bunch, I could be a very, very big detriment. <laughs> like, I yeah. have to take care of business or else this is going to be a problem. And interior of the offensive line is something that the, the Panthers need to improve based on their preseason performance. If you're right, preseason is not everything. It'll never be everything, but it can be a, like a thermometer to let you know a temperature. Right? It can be a spot check. It can be a canary in the mine. The canary was singing about the interior of the offensive line. They ran a whole bunch of guys: uh, Cade Mays, Michael Jordan, uh, Chandler Zavala. Obviously, Christensen was 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 playing there. Austin Corbett's expected back. Zavala's the guy where the, the carousel kind of stopped on him as the starter at right guard. Christensen at left guard. Those guys have to give a pocket, have to hold their own against defensive tackles in the NFL, which is not easy. So so Zavala, this is a congratulations and a don't celebrate too long. Congratulations, you're a starter week one, rookie year, NFL, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, that's about it for the celebrations. Now, you know, go watch some extra film. Congrats. You get to face Calais Campbell in your first official NFL game. Have fun. Good luck. He's only, what, 6'8", 320 pounds of former NFL defensive player of the year. Yeah. And he sounds like Cookie Monster.
0: He does. He
1: does. Him, Dikembe Mutombo, and Cookie Monster, same voice. Hmm. It's, it just is what it is. So when he talks trash, cookie, cookie, cookie. <laughs> It happens. Now uh, I want
0: double stuffed Orioles. Thanks.
1: Let's get to number one. The one! Brian Burns still not under contract for the, uh, the Carolina Panthers. However, the market may be settling a bit. There, There is a world where Chris Jones with the Chiefs and Brian Burns with the Panthers were waiting for Nick Bosa to sign his deal to reset the defensive uh, the defensive line market so then they could get a couple extra million a year on their deals. Which would then indicate that uh, for those of you that hadn't heard the news, uh, Nick Bosa signed for a third. What is it? Four years, 170 million, 122 guaranteed, something like that. It's 34 million dollars a year. Earlier today, agreed on it with the Niners. Did I do the math wrong on that? No, I think I did the math right on that. We'll go with it. Uh, it's 34 million a year. I know that number. Uh, makes him the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history by a decent margin. Aaron Donald had previously done it at 31.6 million per year, 31.6666. Uh now it's 34 per year. So assuming that's raised to the ceiling on deals, Brian Burns and 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 Chris Jones will have enough room underneath to raise their own total. If that happens, maybe the teams will uh you know finally succumb to the the requests, the demands of the players or at least come closer to it and get a deal done. What I will say is this, If I'm Bryce Young, if I'm Shaq Thompson, if I'm Adam Thielen, if I'm Miles Sanders, if I'm anyone that feels like they have any pull in the Panthers organization, I'm talking to whoever I think I can talk to and saying, can you get Brian Burns on the field? Adam Thielen, I don't have much, uh, many of these left in me, right? I'm a 30-something-year-old wide receiver. I've been doing this a long time. I don't have many seasons where I'm going to be a main contributor left in me. Can we get Brian Burns on the field? If I'm Miles Sanders, I'm saying, I'm a 20-something-year-old running back. That's basically a 30-something-year-old wide receiver. I don't have many of these left in me. Can we get Brian Burns on the field? If I'm Bryce Young, I'm saying, listen, I am a young quarterback. I do not want to have to score 38 points a game to get wins. Can we get Brian Burns on the field? And then you look at David Tepper and you go, it's not my money, it's yours, and you got it. Spend it. Make it happen. Brian Burns is that important. His day to day was chaos, meaning his day today, not his like day to day like he's day to day with an injury. His day today included walking through the the locker room when media was in there, reporter walks up to him he just shakes his head no. Going out to practice in full pads, helmet, shoulder pads, practice jersey, the works. Watching the team stretch, standing just feet away from them, standing there watching. Then going uh, and actually participating in a couple indie drills. Then having his coach say that he had to address the team about the business side of what's going on with Brian Burns, there is an up and down nature to what's going on with Brian Burns that needs to stop. Just give him the money. Obviously, you don't want to give him too much, but whatever it takes to get it done shouldn't be as much as Bosa. I don't think I needed to. Say, I don't think I need to say that, but just to to be on the record with it. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who signed up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call eight seven 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 one eight five five four three or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license.